Check your panties. I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. I think he's a genius. The person you are trying to reach is a bitch-ass Aging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. I used to suck dick for coke. That's nasty. That's a huge bitch! Deep in the heart of Texas, it's time for the only podcast that means anything to anyone anywhere. That guy loves Kate. That was brilliant. Good Monday morning, my loyal listeners. I am back from the dead. I was ill, ill, ill. And I don't mean like the Beastie Boys or Run DMC. I did not have a license to ill. I was very, very sick. I was not able to do Friday's show. I don't know what I had. felt like flu-ish, like symptoms. Not the COVID. Not the coronavirus. Not the Delta, not the Omicron, per CI8 variant of what's going around. So fear not, my loyal cake eaters. I am back to bring you another exciting show. Back and stronger than ever. I didn't get tested. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I know flu-like symptoms when I feel them. I wasn't able to go to the skating rink this weekend. I was going to work, but my boss... I told him, I said, uh, possibility I might not come into work. And he said, oh, are you feeling nauseous? Are you throwing up? And I said, no. I said, I, I got pressure in my head and uh, and I got muscle aches and, and I'm hot, hot cold. He goes, oh, Omicron. I said, what? I said, what if I had said I was nauseous? What if I had said I was throwing up? Would you still been Omicron? Am I even saying that right? Is it the Om- Omnicron? Whatever. I said, I said, I don't have Omnicron guitard. And then you text back, yes, you do. Don't come to work. I said, fine. No skin off my sack. So I have been in bed for four days. I missed my regular day job Thursday and Friday. And then all weekend long at the skating rink. I got no regrets. Spent the entire weekend in bed trying to decide what to watch. Like, under normal circumstances, I'm usually trying to do so many things at once that I never sit still and just focus on a movie. So I thought I would try and watch something I haven't ever seen on one of the six streaming services I have. But everything is drama, and I just can't watch drama. Makes no sense to me why people enjoy watching movies in this genre so much. If I put anything on, it's always comedy. I don't want to watch something that will give me nightmares because of how authentic the human suffering is. That's so twisted. If I ask you over to watch something, I'm going to put on The Three Stooges and Love Life. I mean, who is the bigger weirdo? Me, who watches three grown men smack the shit out of each other and giggle like a little child, or the guy who wants you to come over and watch Schindler's List for the fifth time on Blu-ray, special edition with commentary from Holocaust survivors. Now, I just went with the most appropriate movie I could think of to watch for 2022, and that is Blazing Saddles. And if you haven't seen this comedy gem, please stop what you're doing, pause the show, and go and watch it right now. You will be in disbelief (laughs) at, one, this movie ever got made, and two, that it is still funny as hell after all these years. This is a movie that, you know, if I could just pick certain people out of the news and force them to go to a screening 
Like, every time some whiny fucking fungal was taking a stand against his, I don't know, racist lasagna in the school cafeteria or whatever the fuck is racist this week, I would love to just pluck them out of the air and put them in a private screening of Blazing Saddles and watch their mind absolutely fucking melt. I mean, NWA said the N-word less than this movie. Sad news, the irreplaceable and absolutely brilliant Bob Saget has left us. So far, 2022 has taken some real hard shots on us. I know that Bob Saget, like Betty White, does not need any introduction. I just thought, uh, oh, and if you listen to my new intro for this podcast, uh, I actually had included him in it. And this is it right here. I used to suck dick for coke. See, here's a really funny story about Bob Saget. He started, I mean, he was, when I was a kid, there was Full House. Everybody knows Full House. And then, of course, he went on to do America's Funniest Home Videos. And he was always this, like, straight-edge father figure. I mean, America knew him and loved him. Now, this was before cancel culture, okay? See, there were two sides to Bob Saget. Bob Saget, the father figure that you saw on network television... Bob Saget, the host with the corny dad jokes that hosted AFV, the charming, wonderful man that he was. And even though he told the worst jokes in the world, he was, it was still, you didn't, you still enjoyed the hell out of it. But when Bob Saget did stand up, it was extremely adult. I mean, he's human. Nobody is really like their TV persona. Sometimes they play bad people and in real life they're good and vice versa. And I remember after all those years of watching Full House and watching AFV and thinking that Bob Saget was this goody two-shoes and then seeing his stand-up comedy on HBO for the very first time, he comes out and he says, yeah, a lot of people mistake me for being this very wholesome human being because of the roles I play on television. You know, but I'm sitting there doing America's Funniest Home Videos and all I want to say to the audience is, here's another fucking video of some dumbass little shit taking one in the nuts. And I went... What? And that was Bob Saget. He, you know, but he never, he never crossed any lines. Like he, did he have a secret identity? Absolutely. He liked to tell adult jokes, but he was never caught cheating or womanizing or sexually abusing women or drugging women or any of this shit. There will be no skeletons found in this man's closet. He never, no one could ever go after him because he never lied to you. That line that I just played for you is from uh, the movie Half-Baked, Dave Chappelle. And that alone shocked millions of Americans. You know, Dave Chappelle is at an, an NA meeting, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, because he's an addict for marijuana. And he admits to being an addict for marijuana, which is so fucking stupid, which is the premise of the whole joke. And Bob Saget stands up and says, I used to suck dick for coke. You ever suck dick for some marijuana? <laughs> He's like, and I remember the first time I saw that, I said, oh my God, Bob Saget just said, I suck dick for coke. And that's the kind of comic that he was. And that's the kind of comic he always, or, and, and that's the kind of show he always put on when he toured, when he did stand up and he was never apologetic for it. He never had to be. So God bless you, Bob Saget, for bringing a lot of people, a lot of laughter and smiles. You are obviously very missed. And even at 65, that is just way too soon. This could be It's the little thing in the family Boom. 
Before I forget, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife today. And I gotta tell you, it was awesome. Okay, as a child of the 80s, growing up and seeing Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in the movie theater, and then having seen it be absolutely shit upon in woke culture by making it all female and not funny or relevant to Ghostbusters whatsoever, I cannot tell you how pleased I am with this fucking movie. Okay, if you are going to do a reboot to a franchise, now I don't call this a reboot, I call it, like, it's like a reboot, but not a reboot, because it is the same exact plot of the very first Ghostbusters. Okay, you remember in the first one, uh, they're trapping the ghosts, and then the ghosts get loose, and then the Ghostbusters have to fucking round them all up again, and then, you know, you got Dozer and Zool, and, and, you know, Rick Moranis is one of the demon dogs, and uh, Sigourney Weaver is the other devil dog. Okay, same fucking plot, all right? And it's not like they even tried to hide it. It's okay. But the fucking cool thing is, is that it starts off, and it's uh, Egon Spingler's granddaughter, and all his Ghostbusters shit is, like, hidden inside of this old farmhouse that he lived in that he died in where he was trying to stop the end of the world because the ghosts are trying to I don't really want to spoil the plot it's just fantastic it's got an appearance by every single person that was in the first Ghostbusters including the deceased Harold Ramis you know the CGI ghost type thing I mean that's kind of a spoiler but you knew there was no way he was not going to be mentioned in the movie because I mean come on he he was Spingler he was Harold Ramis he fucking wrote created Ghostbusters with Bill Murray but the movie and it's got one of the kids from Stranger Things the one that's in um it uh what's his name something uh wolf child or uh fair wolf wolf mane red wolf mane I don't know something like that uh but Annie Potts Ernie Hudson Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd Sigourney Weaver, all make an appearance in this movie. And it they, it doesn't distract from the movie at all, because it's not even until way into the movie. But the kids end up becoming little Ghostbusters. It's not a kid's movie. It's not an adult movie. It's just a fun flick. It's kind of like how Star Wars, with um, The Force Awakens, completely ripped off A New Hope, because A New Hope, you know, you had the Death Star, and then the Rebels blew it up. And then in The Force Awakens, you had a bigger Death Star, and then the Rebels blew it up. Okay, well, that's like the same thing that Ghostbusters did, except it didn't suck. Fantastic movie. It, oh, Paul Rudd is in it. He's one of the main characters. Paul Rudd is awesome. Good movie. Funny. Uh, very, very well written. Clever jokes. Very clever jokes. Very smart jokes. Like, if you blink, you will miss... References to the original 1984 film. Highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. So another thing that I got to watching, got totally addicted to, I had watched some before, but then I really, really like invested some time into There's a YouTube channel called Mega Driving School. Yeah, Mega Driving School. Like there's a guy that makes the channel, I guess, and people just send in their um, dash cam footage of accidents, of car accidents. 
because there's always like every time you see an accident there's like a description and it appears to be like the description from the person who sent the footage in he basically puts out 30 minutes to an hour long videos all the time of car accidents because of course there's never going to ever ever be any shortage of them in this country and i came across one that was so funny that i had to I was watching YouTube on my smart TV, and I had to find the video on my laptop, and so I could strip the audio from it so I could play it for you guys. And what it is, let me set it up for you. It's in England, and it it's a it's an Englishman on a scooter with a helmet cam, and he he gets into an argument with a fellow Englishman in a little tiny English car, and. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm laughing just thinking about it. I, I couldn't, I had to have it. I had to go back and get this so I could, so they, they start arguing. And if you recall, I did an episode where I talked about how I think that English people are faking their accents. And I stand by that because they are the most ridiculous sounding people in the world. Because see, like when you hear people talk, like when I hear a person from India speak, right? I don't think that they sound funny. I think they sound different. But I don't think they sound funny because they don't speak English. They learned to speak Hindi and then they learned to speak English. And because of the Hindi accent, they speak that way. Just like a person from Mexico who grew up speaking Spanish and then learned English. doesn't They sound the way they do. And so on. Someone from Nigeria. Someone from any non-English speaking country. Okay? But see... People from England, they speak fucking English. They invented it. We were able to cure it, fortunately, in America. But yeah, this, this clip I'm going to play totally reinforces what I was saying about the English and their fucking crazy accent and the way they talk. And the funny thing is, like in America, if you have a conversation with someone... Like, some people you can say the F word to, and some people you can't. And you'll know, because when you get in an argument with someone in public, and if you both start just saying fuck a lot, then you, it's just understood. But if you're, like, in the middle of a grocery store, and some lady's like, oh, watch where you're going, and you're like, what's your fucking problem? And then immediately, most people will go, oh, you don't need to talk like that. Okay, but see, in England, it's not like swearing to them. Like, fuck is every other word when they argue. It's, it's like they say, well, well, fuck off then. And that's really, to them, is not swearing. It's like saying, why don't you just go on about your business? I mean, I, I think they could like say this to their priest, you know? Like, uh, can I help you today, Joey? Uh, no, no, fuck off then. <laughs> It'd make for some very interesting conversations in this country. Okay, let me play the clip, and then we'll come back and, and talk about it after we hear it. Oh, What's your problem? You, you Where are you, mate? You what? You got a problem? You know where I am? You what do you mean about a problem? Muppet. What do you mean what I'm a you problem? You, you f***ing muppet. There's no need for that. What? You, you f***ing What? Hand in the boat like that. Hand in the boat like that. In the cars. I pulled, I went round, yeah? yeah. And then you started f***ing yeah. yeah? Yeah? yeah. What's your problem? You're not good. You've got a problem, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you Yeah, you have. Get your f***ing helmet off then. I'll grow up, you f***ing fool. You old fool. You know yeah. I am? You what? Do you know who I am? Do I care? Well, you won't know when I f***ing, when you pull up. Come on, who are you then? Running Pickering. Who? Running Pickering. Who? Running Pickering. Who the f*** is that? Yeah, me. No, wow. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. F***ing found out then. Well, go on then. F*** off then. Go f*** off. 
Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> I forgot to mention, like, uh, not like no one knows this, but they they use the word cunt a lot in England, and that seems to be just okay. I mean, in America, you never get away with saying that, but you hear him like right in the beginning. You know, he's like, "What you cunt?" And but okay. I'm going to play it again, but I want you to listen again so you can find this as funny as I did. But the, what this is what the guy's saying, okay? Listen, he'll go. The guy in the car says, he says, do you know who I am? And then the guy says, well, who are you then? And he says, Ronnie Bickering. His name is Ronnie Bickering is what he's saying. So he goes, Ronnie Bickering. Who? Ronnie Bickering. Who? Ronnie Bickering. And then he says... Who is that? And he goes, it's me. And then the guy goes, oh, what brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck off then. <laughs> this is a no more time, okay? What's your problem? Where are you, mate? What? You got a problem? You know where I am? What do you want about a problem? What do you mean, what a problem? There's no need for that. What? You, you What? Hanging about like that. Hanging about like that. In the cars. I pulled, I went round, yeah. yeah and then you started f***ing yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the problem? You're not good. You've got a problem, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you Yeah, you have. Get your f***ing helmet off then. I'll grow up, you f***ing fool. Do you know I what I am? You're a fool. Do you know what yeah. I am? You what? Do you know what I am? Do I care? Well, you won't know when I f***ing when you pull up. Come on, who are you then? Got a picker in. Who? Ronnie Pickering! Who? Ronnie Pickering! Who the f is that? Yeah, me! No! Whoa! Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I found out then! Well, go on then! F off then! Go f off! <laughs> oh my god! I would travel to England just to listen to people talk like that all day long. No joke. I would purchase a plane ticket, fly across the pond and sit at a park and try and instigate English people to fight in the streets. That would be the most entertaining thing I think I could ever fill my days with, ever. And it would cost nothing. And it would be so easy to make happen. You know, over in England, I've been to England several times. Not since my youth, but I have. And though in America... We talk, especially in the South, we talk about our personal lives to people we don't know. You go up to someone in a grocery store, hey, how are you? Good, good, you know, and then, you know, that's that's instigating conversation with someone. And in the South, especially, if you go up to someone and you go, how are you doing? They go, oh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, out with the kids and oh, they got to take these school pictures, so I thought I'd get the little girl a a new dress and some little ribbons for her hair. And doesn't she look cute? Okay. And you don't know this fucking person from Adam, right? Okay. But that's just how we roll in the South. Yeah. I don't know you or your daughter and I'll probably never see you again, but I am going to politely listen to you. Tell me about your, uh, personal business. That's just how we do it. Well, in England, they think we're fucking crazy because of that. They don't, like, if you try and have a conversation with someone in London, like, and, oh, and also, 
and I don't, I think this is the weirdest thing of all. Like I smile at people who smile at me and I smile at people to instigate people to smile at me. I love that. I love it when you smile at someone, nod your head and they smile back. It kind of is like that reassuring feeling, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're living on the same planet. I see you and I'm glad that we can coexist. It gives me a good, warm feeling in my tummy. But in England, no, man. You smile at strangers, and they think you're a goddamn lunatic. Like, they'll, they'll fucking seriously consider calling the law on you. Like, you've, been, you've escaped from somewhere. And I just couldn't do it. I can't go to England and not be polite. And then the other half of me, the dark half, who doesn't get the nice reciprocation, <laughs> becomes angry... And picks a fight. Because if these bloody Englishmen aren't going to fucking smile back at me, then I'm going to find out why the fuck not, and then we're going to have it You fucking cunt! The fuck off then! You're not going to smile at me! If you're not going to smile at me, you fucking twat! Piss off and fuck off and go piss up a rope, you fuck stick! So what else, what else? Lots of sports over the weekend. Football, football, football. I hope everybody's favorite team won. I actually had every intention of having a phone interview with Aaron. You know Aaron. He's one of my best friends that I grew up with. He's famous for having tried to kill me with his car. He's famous for his inflatable butt dildo. He's famous for being gay. He's famous for, well, you, you get it, he's famous. And I was going to have him, I, I've been trying to set up a time for us to really talk so I can have him explain, not explain, but have him tell his version. He wants to get on the record about the whole him trying to kill me with his car thing. And I guarantee you, like, I'm going to let him talk. I'm not going to interrupt him and I'm going to let him say what he wants to say. But it's going to be like the biggest bunch of bullshit you've ever heard. He's going to pin it all on me. He's going to say everything that happened was my fault. He never swerved. But make no mistake, dear listeners, fellow lovers of cake, that he swerved. I fell out. He at no point made any attempt to break. But we'll, we'll clear all that up in the future. I, I was going to have a phone interview for this show. I got sick. No, actually, he got sick. Then I got sick. I'm better, he's still sick, so I have not been able to make that phone call, and I'm going to, he promised me we would get together and we would do a phone interview as soon as he, as soon as his throat was feeling better, but with the amount of cocks he usually has in it, it could be a long time, you know, because he has to let it rest if it's going to heal, if you keep taking a pounding in the tonsils, then it's never going to get right. Just shut down business for a week, Aaron. Okay? Okay. So would people really cancel big business if they just said, fuck you, and were honest? I don't think so. Like, imagine if people were allowed to say whatever they wanted as long as they did their job really well. Order is perfect, service was great, food was amazing, customer is still an asshole, so then you're greenlit to say, go fuck yourself, or deny service for any reason. What if you had a boss that stood by you no matter what, as long as you didn't use racist or sexist or prejudiced words? Like, you just don't like the cut of some guy's jib, right? You know, he's like, oh, yeah, can I get a number three? No, you can go fuck yourself. I don't like your face. Uh, I, excuse me? I said get... 
I said, beat it, fucko. You know, then like the owner slash manager is like, you're the lady. Take a hike, ass face. <laughs> then what the fuck would people do? Wouldn't it be great to have such a superior product and give such incredibly award-winning service that you could just tell people to fuck off? I mean, that would be the great thing about it, I guess, owning your own business, right? You know, if you were, you know, if you weren't corporate, if you were just one place, like if I owned a restaurant, you know, like Joe's, you know, Joe's, it'd probably be like a place that serves steak. So it'd be like Joe's meat, right? Because that doesn't sound gay at all. Like Joe's meat and somebody comes in and they're like, you know what? I don't like this place and I don't like the way, and I go, you know what? I don't give a shit, Okay. Because every month I turn a profit, and if you do or do not come back here, I don't fucking care. I won't lose any sleep over it. I don't give a shit how many people you tell. I already have a great reputation. So if you don't want to eat here, go fuck yourself. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, who the fuck are they going to report to? You can't be canceled. If you were in a community, like say you were really respected, if you were really, really, really looked up to, you gave to charity, you volunteered your time to, you know, the ASPCA and dogs and cats, and, and you fostered children, and you backed the blue, and you gave blood and plasma every month, and you fucked the deacon's wife, and you just, everybody was like, wow, what a guy. Couldn't you just really get away with saying anything you wanted as long as you didn't attack a person of color or of religion or because of their sex? Couldn't you really just say, go fuck yourself? That'd be fantastic. Like, I'd like to complain. I'd like to speak to a manager to complain. No, you know what? I think you'd be better off going down to Sears and buying a vacuum because you can suck it. Coming to my restaurant with that bullshit. Now get out of the way. Yes, ma'am, can I help you? Yeah, don't mind him. He's a real fuckface, yeah. No, yeah, he won't become a back. Sure, yeah. That's right, sir. Go fuck yourself. Bye-bye now. Go fuck yourself. Oh, that would be just... That would just be just peachy. Oh, I ran into this dipshit the other day. Well, I say ran into. I virtually ran into this guy that I used to be decent friends with. I... Used to play hockey with him back in Dallas. And then we lived together for a while. Platonically, Aaron. And he... When I got divorced, I moved into his apartment. And I stayed there for like four or five months. While I was kind of figuring my shit out. This was the first time that I had ever lived with someone other than my mom. Okay? This was in my early 20s. And I have found, since then... From that experience and every experience following it, that the fastest way to ruin a friendship is to live with someone. It is unfucking believable how you can think that you know someone so well that you'll be able to live with them. You can know someone your whole fucking life. Your whole life. You know every detail about them. Things that. Two dudes shouldn't know about each other, you know? Like, you know your buddy's got a, a mole on his left testicle. He puts 
pepper on his macaroni and cheese. These are things men don't know about their wives. That's how good of friends you are. How could you ever possibly not get along living under the same roof? Well, let me tell you something. It can't be done. It just can't be done. I'm like one of the most tolerant people in the world. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. Let me stop myself right there. That was a bunch of fucking bullshit. I'm lying when I say that. I am absolutely not even close to being the most tolerant person in the world. But back then, I was staying under someone else's roof, and I pretended to be the most tolerant person in the world because he was paying the bills. And when someone's assisting you in your life, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fuck with that. I mean, I wasn't using him. He really was my friend. But I mean, I don't want to, like, move in with him and be like, hey, change your whole arrangement in your life because of me. No, that's not how things work. You know, I have to make the adapt. I, I have to be the one who adapts. So I and this person, I'll call him, I'll call him by his fucking name. Fuck him. His name's Steven. He, I mean, he, he and I were, like, we were okay friends. We played hockey together. And when you're on a hockey team, you're friends with everybody on the team. You know, some people you like a lot more than others, but you're, you, everyone collectively gets along, or you can't play together. You get traded to another team. And he and I had a lot in common, but I, I never really vibed 100% with him because he had this real arrogant, uh, like, just whole way about him when he talked to people. He was very condescending, and I hated that. I don't even think that he was aware of it, but kind of like, you know how you, you watch a television show and there's like these over-exaggerated rich people who are like, oh, I'm an yeah, I'm on Jovi. Okay, like that's the way he sounded to me. I know he didn't really sound like that, but when he talked to people, it was like if if he was talking to them like that. It was that just like him looking down his nose at everyone, like everyone was a fucking idiot. Like, why are you so dumb? Why don't you know these things that I know? Everyone should be as smart as I am. And it never sat well with me. And a lot of people let him get away with saying a lot of things because he was a little guy. And he, we knew he could. We, anybody could have stomped him. Or I don't know why people let him get away with that shit. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I knew this guy intimately as a friend. And we had played together on the Texas hooligans for years. And when I got, when me and my wife split, I went and stayed with him and I was so sure this was going to be like the coolest fucking thing ever. I was 20, I don't know, two, three, something like that. And I obviously, as you can tell from my age that I had gotten married very young. So I was just happy to not be married anymore because I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, it's like, I got the hockey team and I can go out and, hit the bars, you know, I'm living in Dallas. I mean, if you've ever been to Dallas or if you've never been to Dallas, it is a fucking social mecca. It is just bars any night of the week, any night of the week, the bars are jam-packed with like clean people, with money. It's not like scummy fucking downtown Houston, no offense, even though that's where I'm from. But like in Dallas, you've got Deep Ellum, you got Lower Greenville, the bars are high class with good specials. The people are generally of the law-abiding nature, except when it comes to drunk driving. There's, like, the sex flows like wine. Does that even make sense? <sighs> I got completely fucking sidetracked here. Well, anyway, um, where was I? 
Anyway, I move in with Steven. And it goes great for like a month. And then this happens, okay? Now this is, this story is like a, this is a warning, okay? Ask, ask anyone who has siblings. You love your brother, right? You love your sister. But you grew up with them, right? How many fucking things did they do every day where you wanted to beat the shit out of them? Like how many times did you get to see like, like I can't, like I love Aaron. But I, I, I'll, I, I guarantee you that if we were to live together, it'd be like one weekend to stand in the same place and I'd walk through the living room and there'd be a fucking pair of his whitey tidies bunched up on the floor with a big ass fucking skid mark like the size of a fucking 18-wheeler's tire and that's it. I'd lose it. I'd lose my shit. I'd never be able to get near that piece of carpet again. I'd have to fumigate the house. I'd have to bleach the air to get the poo particles out of it. So after a month of me and Steven living together, I started to notice that he did things that aggravated the fucking shit out of me. Not normal things either. Not like not picking up or picking up your socks off the floor. No, couldn't be easy like that. No, the guy ate nothing but cereal all the fucking time. It was the weirdest thing. He ate nothing but cereal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then he had a dessert. It was uh, king-size Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'd never seen this guy eat food in my life other than that. Oh, that's not true. He ate these uh, uh, French-cut green beans. See how fucking weird that is? But I knew about the cereal thing. I knew he ate cereal all the time. I, I said I knew this guy. But what I didn't know was that when he was done with his cereal, he wasn't one of the people, like every other person in the fucking world, who drinks the rest of the milk in the bowl. No, he'd eat the cereal, and then he'd just set the bowl down on whatever he was closest to, and he'd just leave it there. And at first, I was like, well, whatever, you know, and I'd pick up the bowl, and I'd pour it out, and I'd wash it out. It was just like a, you know, like a half an inch deep of milk in a bowl. Nothing to freak out about. But... It got to be to where I would come home and it was like a fucking house full of landmines. Bowls everywhere. Bowls on the shelf. Bowls in the sink. Bowls next to the sink. Bowls on the coffee table. Bowls on the nightstand. Bowls in the bathroom. All with milk. Curdled. Some of them older than others. You could tell how long they'd been there because the milk would be funky or chunky and smelling so bad. Curdling. I took the simple approach. I said, Steve, and I said, dude, please, come on, man. You know, I was like, look, this, this is fucking gross. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. But no, it never, it just, ne I, no matter how many times, right? Okay, so that was one thing. Then he would, see, like, I'm one of these people who, when I use a dish, I don't put it in the sink and then, like, wash it later that night or wash it the next day. I don't, like, I use a dish and I wash it and I put it the fuck up. That's it. There is no in the sink. There is no in the dishwasher. Like, I literally hand wash everything when I'm done using it. It will never go through the process of getting old and gross. I will know that it's been washed because I did it personally. And not everybody has to be like me. No big deal. But he would eat, he'd make, like I said, like I mentioned before, he'd make these fucking French cut green beans. He'd eat half of them. He'd put the plate in the sink. And then he'd just fucking leave it there. And then, before you know it, there's like three plates 
of half a can of French-cut green beans stacked on each other, and I'm not washing them because it's not my job. These aren't my dishes. And I keep thinking, okay, I, I told myself, I said, Joe, just leave them be. Eventually, they'll get so gnarly that he'll have to wash them. He'll recognize the smell, you know, and then I'd come home, and I would, I'd be at work all day, and I'd be fucking furious all day long. All I could think about, I'm like, fuck, fire, like, I, you know, eight hours, I'm going, motherfucking plates, fuck this, the goddamn plates are going to be in that fucking stick when I get home, you know, and then I take a break, and I'd be like, smoking a cigarette, and I'm like, fucking plates, and they're sitting there right now, and they're sticking up my fucking house, you know, take a lunch, how you doing today, Joe, I'm doing great, I just got these fucking plates on my mind, driving home, fucking plates, goddamn fucking plates, they're in the sink, I know they're in the sink. And I go in the apartment, and they're in the fucking sink. There they are. And there's flies circling the sink. Flies. Bowls of milk everywhere. I cleaned them all before I left, but somehow there's twice as many as when I left this morning. I finally started really nagging him like a parent. Because he was mentally, I guess, not mature enough to understand that grown folks clean up after themselves. I don't know. But what I did notice happened from my nagging, the results that I got were the opposite. Not only did he not do any of that shit, he started doing it more, it felt like. And I, I, I couldn't leave those dishes in the sink. They had to be washed. They just had to. I, I couldn't sleep. I was, I was losing weight. I, 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 was, I was waking up sweating. I was having fucking nightmares about monstrous French-cut green beans and sour milk monsters shaped like cottage cheese. So I decided, you know what, fucker? It's on. You want to be gross? Let's be gross. You want to get gross? Let's get fucking gross. So I did a few things. A few things to satisfy myself. You know, like, I peed in his shampoo bottle a lot. I don't know how he never realized that, like, why he wasn't running out of shampoo. Because I just kept diluting it with urine. Um... I was, if we were hanging out and I was making a sandwich, I'd say, hey, uh, Steven, you know, he'd be on the couch watching TV, a call from the kitchen. Hey, Steven, hey, man, uh, you hungry? Can I make you a turkey sandwich? Oh, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no problem. All right, bring it right out to you. And I'd take the turkey and I'd rub it all over my balls. Just right, just all around the balls. Getting the taint, rubbing down the thighs, slap it on that bread. There you go, chief. There's your turkey sandwich. Mmm. I also cleaned the toilet with his toothbrush, but I ended up throwing it away because I just couldn't go through with that one. I realized that that was actually something that could have harmed him. Like, if he had brushed his teeth and gotten, like, God knows what, botulism, E. coli, <laughs> scrubbing his teeth with my duke, I could have gotten in serious trouble, so I, I threw the toothbrush away, uh, which also he never noticed because he never brushed his teeth. Gross. He did a lot of things to me, too, that I didn't know about until after I moved out, but his were not anywhere near as epic as the things I was doing to him. But one cool thing that did come out of this whole learning to live with my first roommate fiasco was I wrote a song. And I was actually going to end the show with it, but I can't fucking find it. So I guess I'm going to have to track that down. But it's called I Hate Your Guts. 
and it's about that story I just told you. The cool thing about that song was I recorded at one of the biggest studios in Dallas, totally for free, because he was testing a bunch of new equipment. And there ended up being a whole bunch of guys from this movie company called Troma that I had never heard of. Of course, I do. I know who they are now. I realize how big they are now. But they were releasing a movie called Pot Zombies. And they had heard the song, and they asked if they could put it in the movie. And I said, yeah. And they did. And I got to watch them film that movie. It was really fucking gross. And it, and I don't mean, like, because they, like, it was a horror movie, which it was. But, I mean, like, the zombie shit, that was no big deal. I mean, yeah, there were people eating real animal guts in this movie. But that's, like, whatever. I, that We eat animals. And, you know, eating them raw, that doesn't make me all grossed out or anything. What was gross was they filmed all these fucking scenes where they hung people by their backs with hooks. And it wasn't like special effects. Like, they got these people, and they ran hooks through the skin in their back, and they hung them from trees and swung them. And it was fucking gross. Uh, it was, I mean, like, the only thing supporting this, this whole person's body is hooks in the skin. Oh! Uh, Oh, and these hooks, these hooks were so fucking big. So when they punched them through the skin, it was literally punching out like a tube-filled fucking piece of skin. Oh, man. So yeah, I got a song in a movie. Pretty cool. I used to have a copy of it, but I don't know what happened to it. And it's not like it's my thing I want to be, you know, it's not like my claim to fame. But I'm going to track that song down. I, I don't know why I talked about the story when I don't have the song. Uh, if I can't find it, which I may not be able to, then I'll just have to remake it. Or you'll just have to pretend like it's okay to not hear it or something. I'll see if I can track that song down. We'll see. Whatever. But I am going to close this show with a song that I did back in old H-Town on the no side when I had Studio 5 Productions. I used to have, like, really cool parties in the studio. And, like, having a studio wasn't a big deal to me. You know, like, it, I understood how the guys that I was friends with could get so excited about it. But to me, I, I didn't give a shit. When you finally have 24-hour access to a recording studio, yes, it's still cool, but it's not all-consuming in your life. You know, like, Chuck E. Cheese is fucking cool, but if I had to go every day, I promise you, I would start to not like it as much. But every time, man, I'd have friends up in the studio to drink and hang out and just bullshit, because the place was fucking huge. But every time I had people in the recording studio, and like, after an hour or two, they'd be like, oh, let's go in there and record something. I'd be like, man, like, every time, you know. So what happened was, one night I was throwing a party with a band called Black Star. Bunch of really great people. If any of you are listening, that's Danny fucking Ramsey. He's the man. He's actually a graduate, uh, a college graduate with a degree in um, sound engineering. He runs lights and sound for a whole bunch of famous touring bands. Very proud of him. He's very talented. He was, he was my first apprentice. <laughs> and, uh, he 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 came, he went on to be a much better engineer than I ever hoped to be. Uh, Corey and John Young, all you guys, if you ever hear this, what up? And uh, a guy named John um, Booty. Yes, that's his real name. Oh, and he's black. 
John Booty. Black man with the last name Booty. Not a nickname. It's really his last name. That cat is fucking rad. What up to John if you're listening ever? <laughs> to appease these chaps, I put them in the sound booth, the vocal booth. I placed a mic center of the room. I threw a beat on. I gave them all headphones and I told them to freestyle rap. And I shut the door and I went back to socializing with my friends and hanging out at the studio. I let it run for like an hour and that was it. And then, and then I saved it. And then I came back the next night by myself and I listened to it. And there was some funny stuff on there. And they, it was nonsense. Here's another thing. God, I hope Danny hears this show because I really want him to hear me burning him. Danny is like the whitest person ever. And he wanted to rap so bad. And you know, when you get stoned and you drink, you, you like, you think you're so much better at shit than you really are. And God bless you, Danny. You're a talented fucking singer, guitarist, and engineer, but you are no fucking rap artist. I hope, hopefully he's come to terms with that now. But he, this song, we all decided we were going to start an electronic band called 1000 Fists. So I took all this rapping shit they did and I cut it into little bits and pieces and I made a song. It's the theme song for the band 1000 Fists, which is now technically just me and Benny Scooter Hodges, the electronic band 1000 Fists. I'm going to play that song as soon as I wrap the show. When you, when this, pay attention because when the song breaks down and it's just a guy rapping acapella, that's Danny. And it's so awful. It's so, it's like Mystery Science Theater 3000, so bad, it's good. And it's, it's very entertaining. Please listen to the whole thing. It's fucking hilarious. And the name Thousand Fist comes from, uh, you know, that E-Honda guy on Street Fighter 2. You know, the sumo wrestler, when he'd do, like, those hands. <laughs> he'd, like, slap the shit out of you. We, we always called it a thousand fists. Even though I think it's called a hundred slaps. Okay. So I hope everybody missed me. I sure missed doing the show. I do not like being unproductive. I do not like being a chitless fucking layabout. Hopefully, uh, this episode will give you the fix that you need to get going on Monday morning, January... 17th, 2022. And remember, this is your daily affirmation. You're smart. You're attractive. And Fat Guy Loves Cake loves you. All right, the likes and the subscribers are just going up and up and up, and I'm loving it. I will see you guys back here on Wednesday. Upcoming is the 80s show and the JL show and all kinds of shows, I guess. Who knows? I never know what I'm going to talk about. Just make sure you tune in. Tell your friends. Subscribe it. Like it, spread it around. Deuces.
Don't step on my kicks, don't step on my kicks, don't step on my kicks. Step on my kicks, don't step on my kicks. If you step on my kicks, I'm gonna hit you with the brick. So I'm rolling through the club and this guy looks all fucked up. Hits me in the face, so I shove the bottle up his butt. I said, bitch, you wanna step on my kicks? I'm gonna hit you in, I'm gonna make you sick when I'm fucking your girl, cause she's so damn tight. Fuck that girl all day and all night. Woke up in the morning, said, who the fuck are you? She said, I came home because I like your shoes. I said, bitch, I got these at Wally World. So uh, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Now I got that Shots, 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 shots.